Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. This is my mom. Am I going to get paid for this? <laughs> and Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. That's how I know. <laughs> <laughs> On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. It's Friday, February 17th. Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Morning Air on the Memorial of the Seven Holy Founders of the Servite Order. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverins and studio producer Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's great to be with you this morning as we get ready for the weekend. On this Friday, let's remember the sacred heart of Jesus as well as the passion and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Lent is almost here. Ash Wednesday is only five days away. Can you believe it? It's coming up on February 22nd. I want to remind you that you can elevate your Lent this year in just a few minutes each day with Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass. They are jam-packed with interesting facts and teachings to help you learn more about the Mass and and your faith. See why these bite-sized videos had over 1 million views last year. Sign up for Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass. You can do it this morning at relevantradio.com slash Lent. Get ready to learn the Mass, live the Mass, and love the Mass more than ever before. And the real good news is they're free. That's relevantradio.com slash Lent. I want to bring in our morning air team, as uh, always, uh, Glenn and Sarah. Glenn, what are a few of the big stories that are making headlines on this Friday morning? Well, folks in eastern Ohio, western Pennsylvania are still dealing with that train derailment uh, that happened now several weeks ago and uh, toxic fumes uh, still in that area. And uh, the government view of what's going on versus uh, the people's firsthand experience uh, are at odds, John. Local officials and state officials agree with their citizenry that Things are not right. People have been, you know, feeling weird. They've had nose and throat problems. The the water looks kind of strange in some spots. The EPA says everything is fine. Yeah, the the folks there I don't think are buying what the EPA is saying, Glenn. No, their their experience kind of tells them differently, and so I don't think this is this is over yet. Another train derailment near uh, Detroit as well, uh, with uh, some cars that were carrying some bad chemicals, as is the, the case of. My wife, who's also a radio journalist, has done stories on uh, trains carrying very, you know, very dangerous things right through the heart of heart of cities all the time. And uh, we're a lot closer to uh, a situation like East Ohio than we might think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a very concerning situation there, uh, especially the aftermath. Um, so we're going to have to continue to keep an eye on on uh, on the latest uh, with that, and uh, and 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 hopefully uh, things uh, will get better on the ground. I, I heard some uh, heartbreaking stories of of moms that uh, literally uh, could not go and get fresh water; it's just too difficult to to go to the store uh, with their young babies if they don't have a car uh, and and get water. Uh, something as simple as that, you, you just typically you, it doesn't even come to mind. No, but, uh, you know, any kind of uh, extra hardship situation, we've got to take care of one another, you know. So if, uh, you know, you're, you're in that situation where your neighbor needs help, uh, you know, something as simple as getting them water, hopefully folks will be uh, teaming together to, to take care of that. Well, perfect day for that because uh, this whole week has been Random Acts of Kindness Week, so a really good time to do that. If you, Even if you're not in that situation, look for those opportunities today and for the rest of the week.
is oh, always amen. a good thing, for sure. Uh, Glenn, uh, President Biden finally addressed uh, the UF, so-called UFOs, um, finally uh, spoke to the media. And, and uh, w- what was uh, his message? Well, when you're 80 years old, your birthday party will contain a lot of balloons. And, you know, a few of them got loose. No, that wasn't uh, what happened. But, but anyway, um, I, I think it's good the government acknowledging it's probably not Chinese spy balloons. So it's, we don't need anything to, to heat up any further between the U.S. and China. But uh, they're going to maybe look a little more closely before they start blasting everything out of this guy. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued by the idea that uh, one of the balloons might have been uh, something launched by uh, amateur enthusiasts in, in Illinois that uh, drifted uh, to the west and then uh, sort of back to the east near Canada and, and got shot down. That's a possibility. The, the uh, tracking sensor uh, showed their device uh, disappeared right around the area where one of those unidentified flying objects was shot down. Uh, a bazooka to kill an ant, <laughs> super expensive uh, weapon to kill uh, a $12 item. If indeed that was it, that's one possibility. But, <laughs> you know, the world we live in today, it's kind of strange. Huh? And uh, former uh, Vice President Mike Pence uh, was quite vocal, uh, basically saying that uh, uh, Mr. Biden's uh, response was too little, too late, and it was just unacceptable. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, Mr. Pence, of course, may be contemplating a run for that uh, same job that Mr. Biden has coming up in uh, 2024. Uh, we'll, we'll see as well. Well, uh, as we talked about earlier in the week, uh, pitchers and catchers have reported to spring training. Uh, some sad news for Major League Baseball. Uh, former uh, St. Louis Cardinals all-star catcher and Hall of Fame broadcaster Tim McCarver passed away yesterday at age 81. He had a long career, 21 years uh, in, in the Major Leagues. He won two World Series. He called 24 World Series as an announcer. Uh, great moments uh, over the years with uh, Jack and Joe. Buck, uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, Glenn, I know you were you were a fan of uh, Tim McCarver. Yeah, absolutely. I remember his uh, baseball card from back in the day and uh, him announcing for, for so many years. They're the first intramural team I played on. We were the Cardinals, and so that made uh, some of us little kids in Minnesota fans of the Cardinals for a little while. And <laughs> for one of my buddies, he's still a, a lifelong Cardinals fan. And I'm, I'm sorry for for Mr. McCarver and Mr. Buck, that they were deeply saddened, despite the fact they were supposed to be the impartial network announcers during the World Series in 1987 when the Cardinals lost in seven to the Twins. But you know, that's that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, but I tell you, I I loved I loved uh, uh, Tim McCarver. He, he had that that Southern uh, style about him. Uh, he was uh, he was just a classy guy. Uh, he brought that catcher's perspective uh, to the game after you know his long career behind the plate. So he he knew the game. He made it. Simple simple for the average uh, viewer and um, you know he, he, he was one of the all-time greats uh, 24 World Series uh, calling uh, as a commentator uh, just a, a great body of work uh, for this Hall of Fame uh, announcer absolutely imagine uh, doing the World Series just a regular part of your job every year that's what you do yeah that's great for sure all right as always uh, thanks so much uh, Glenn and Sarah Sure thing, John. First things first, we start every morning. We start always in prayer, always giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings, keeping in mind that every day is a blessing. And we always pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners 
now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And we invoke the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Morning Air Show. If you want to send us an email, morningair at relevantradio.com. And if you want to be part of the program this morning, the number is 888-914-9149. Now, we recently celebrated Catholic School Week, and so the topic of tuition uh, and tuition costs, of course, came up. Do you want a, a better education for your kids than what they are receiving at public schools? Uh, have you been thinking of putting your children in a Catholic school, but the financial weight prevents you from doing it? Well, this morning, we're going to talk about a program of scholarships for low-income and working-class families in the state of Illinois uh, that provides families the opportunity to put their kids in a private school. If you're not from Illinois, uh, stay tuned uh, because this will also be of interest to you. Many people don't know that there are similar programs uh, all across our country uh, in uh, 21 states that are currently running. Joining us live uh, from suburban Chicago is Anthony Holter, PhD, to discuss the Invest in Kids Act. Uh, Anthony Holter is the president of Empower Illinois, providing high-quality operational leadership across the scholarship granting advocacy, uh, government affairs, and fundraising units of the organization. Anthony previously served as the executive director of the Fulcrum Foundation and the director of the program evaluation and research in the Alliance for the Catholic Education at the University of Notre Dame. Good morning, Anthony. Thanks so much for joining us uh, to talk about this issue that is quite relevant to so many uh, parents. It's good to be with you. John, it's wonderful to be with you as well. It's a great way to start a beautiful Friday morning, so thanks for having me on. Well, Anthony, let's start out uh, with um, what exactly is the Invest in Kids Act? Sure, John. You know, I think in its simplest form, uh, the Invest in Kids Act is is a program that helps, as you said so well, helps kids and families uh, find their best fit school. Um, What that means here in Illinois is uh, it's a it's a law. It's created uh, the tax credit scholarship program. So donors make a contribution to an organization like Empower Illinois. We turn those dollars into scholarships for kids to go to private schools. And, and many of our uh, families do choose excellent Catholic schools throughout the state. And then um, what makes this uh, program unique uh, and unique in Illinois and, and similar to other programs across the country is that donors receive a tax credit. So not a deduction, but a credit. And in Illinois, it's 75 percent of their donation comes back right off the top of their state income tax. So if you give a thousand dollars, you get seven hundred and fifty dollars back. And more importantly, you know that your dollars are going to fund a family who desperately wants access uh, to a private school. Have you found uh, that in, in the last couple of years uh, since the pandemic that there has been uh, uh, more of a thirst from parents uh, looking for a way to get their children to a private school? Yes, no, absolutely, John. And, you know, the, um, we, we do surveys of our, our parents and, and um, uh, every year to kind of, you know, ask them, what are they looking for? Why, why are they applying? And we have, um, you know, 
tens of thousands of families apply every year. In fact, right now for the 23-24, so the next school year, uh, there are 24,000 kids in line uh, hoping to get a scholarship um, all across Illinois. But when we ask them, um, you know, wh- why why are you looking uh, for a scholarship to go to a uh, private school or, in a, as I said, in many of them uh, Catholic schools, it's, it's always one of three things. And the order might change, but uh, the, the, these three things are always at the top of the list. And um, it's, it's always academic quality. It's um, always religious or moral values and safety. And I think for many families, uh, especially during the pandemic when, um, you know, schools were shut down uh, in, in many places uh, for an extended period of time, uh, their desire for those things was even, uh, even more heightened. Um, and, and so we, we have seen a, a growth in demand over this period of time. And thankfully, uh, through the generosity of our donors, uh, we've seen an increase in donations as well. So we've been able to award more scholarships every year, uh, even through the pandemic. No question, uh, your organization is doing a fantastic job. Yeah, you serve as president uh, of Empower Illinois. Can you tell us a, a little bit about uh, your organization? Sure, happy to. So Empower Illinois is a, uh, a, a we use the, um, the term, an SGO, a scholarship granting organization. Uh, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization uh, that operates um, the, the tax credit scholarship program here in Illinois. So what that means is uh, you know, we have a team of about 25 folks, and we're, uh, we're out and about talking to people, um, having conversations with uh, uh, local and national leaders, John, like you, getting the word out about this great program uh, to raise dollars and then distribute those dollars uh, as scholarships to kids and families. Um, and another important part of our work is, is advocacy, so making sure because this is a state law and because, uh, believe it or not, uh, it is controversial, um, we have to make sure that lawmakers know just how critically important this program is, um, certainly for the communities uh, where these families live, but as I've said, most importantly, uh, for, for kids uh, and, and for their futures. So making sure that we can kind of amplify the voice of kids and families, school leaders and donors, uh, back to the lawmakers who uh, ultimately um, you know, are able to extend or uh, renew the program, which which we have coming up here, actually, in the current legislative session. Well, Anthony, um, our studio producer, Sarah, knows a little bit about your program. Uh, she uh, would love to, uh, to chime in into our conversation here. Yeah, Anthony, uh, thank you for your program. Uh, as I full disclosure, as John often says, full disclosure, my children have received uh, a scholarship through Empower Illinois for more than one year, and that's been a great help to our family in times when we've kind of been kind of uh, all over the place as far as income and not in the place that we were originally when we first started going to our local Catholic school, which we love and our kids love, and we know it's just the best place for them to grow and thrive. And I know many other parents feel this way, but it just it feels feels so scary when you know that you want to give your children a certain type of education, but the funds just don't seem like they're going to add up and you just don't know how it's going to work. So 
This is a type of program that is just so important for families, not just in Illinois, but all across America that we kind of do something similar because, you know, we're already our taxes are going towards those schools and public schools. But then we're, we're paying twice for tuition because this is what we really feel like this is the best option for our kids, at least at this time. And so it, it's, it's really important for us all to get together. I know at our local school, we've been trying to do what you're saying, get groups together to go down and talk with the lawmakers and say, hey, what you know, what can we do? How can we help you to see how important this is, not just for me and my family, but for the many families all across Illinois and across the country that know how important this type of education is? No, absolutely, Sarah. Well, first, I want to thank you for for sharing your story. Um, it, it's uh, that, that's why we do this work, and and I know uh, you know I'm a, a parent my, myself. My wife and I have three kids, and uh, they're blessed to go to. Uh, our, our local school here in the Western, uh, we're local Catholic school as well in the Western Burbs. And, you know, uh, as, as you uh, mentioned, Sarah, where and how your kids are educated is one of the most important decisions that parents make. And it can also be um, so challenging uh, for, for a variety of reasons, but sharing your story, sharing stories of um, both the need and the difference that these scholarship make, scholarships make um, really does uh, change the hearts and minds of um, of people who may have questions or not fully understand uh, the program or its impact. So thank you for for sharing uh, your story. It, it brought a smile um, to my face and, and, a, and a tear to my eye to think that we could uh, be partnering with you in, in such an important uh, decision for uh, for your family. So thank you. Uh, Anthony, uh, in the final moments here that we have, um, can you um, share with us a little bit about uh, eligibility for the program? How, how do families qualify? What do they need to do to apply? Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, we want to make this process as simple as possible for families to apply. So uh, the first step, I would encourage folks to go to our website, empowerillinois.org. And right at the top, there's a button there that says apply. Um, and then there, there's um, even additional resources there to say, you know, do I qualify? And qualification for this program is based on family income. So uh, a, a great feature of this policy is that uh, those with uh, more need, so those families with the highest need, receive the highest um, amount of support. So families can get a scholarship that covers 100% of tuition. And in fact, this year it's going to be uh, up to potentially sixteen thousand uh, dollars for a scholarship uh, for for one student, um, or the or the cost of tuition, whichever is less. So again, the the more need that the family has, the more uh, more financial support that they're eligible for. And again, it's based on uh, family income and uh, as thresholds based on the federal poverty level, which of course vary based on family income and family size. So uh, the best the best thing to do would be to go to our website, empowerillinois.org, click on apply, and there's a little button there that says, do I qualify? And it'll give you a chart and a breakdown uh, to see uh, if you indeed qualify. And if you do, I would encourage folks to complete an application as soon as they can uh, to make sure that, um, you know, we can uh, get, get a scholarship uh, to, to your son or daughter uh, for the upcoming school year. Sounds fantastic. 16000 per student can go a long way uh, to, to going to a private school. And I know you, you team up uh, with hundreds of, uh, of schools uh, in Illinois, as some extremely well-known uh, schools. Uh, it, just, it sounds like it's just a, a tremendous opportunity for, for families that really need this kind of help. No, absolutely, John. We, we're very proud to partner with, like, but 95% of all the private schools in Illinois, and it's 
I think, 100 percent of all the Catholic schools. And so um, if, if there if, if you know, in, in every part of the state, um, if there is a, a school that you're interested in, uh, odds are that we partner with them. So um, I really would encourage people to, to take a look. Uh, and to, to learn more about the program on the application side. And for those donors out there who are uh, thinking to themselves, man, I'd love to help uh, such a great program and such deserving uh, families get access to their best, best at school, uh, you can do the same on our, on our website. Um, and instead of clicking apply, click donate, and it will walk you through the process um, to make that donation and to ensure you have a tax credit um, uh, as well. Uh, is it true that the Illinois uh, Tax Credit Scholarship Program could be at risk? It is, John. So the program was passed uh, five years ago as a pilot program. Uh, I like to say, you know, pilot programs uh, are, are meant to see if something works. Well, we know without a doubt that this program works. So now it's time to make it permanent. Um, so we're uh, currently involved in the, uh, you know, in the current legislative session. Um, to uh, eliminate the program sunset. And if, without legislative action, the program is set to sunset December 31st, 2023. So this calendar year. So uh, now is the time uh, for, uh, for families, for donors, for school leaders to uh, let their voices be heard, share with their lawmakers uh, how important this program is and, and, and why we need to uh, make it a permanent part of the education fabric here in Illinois. Well, Anthony, I uh, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Uh, and, and again, for more, you can visit EmpowerIllinois.org. Really appreciate it. John, thanks so much. Have a great day. God bless. God bless you, too. Anthony Holter, the president of Empower Illinois. We need to take a short break. When Morning Air continues, we're going to talk about catfishing. Have you heard of catfishing? What exactly is this, and how do you prevent it? We're going to talk about it with Morning Air contributor Juan Carlos Sanchez, the founder of Family Playland. Stay with us as Morning Air continues on this Friday here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. It's Morning Air with John Morales, Sarah Tafoya, and Glenn Leverins on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. Tell me lies. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on this Friday morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from John 6, 27. Our Lord Jesus says, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him has God the Father set his seal. Later in the same sixth chapter of the Gospel of St. John, our Lord Jesus Christ refers to the Holy Eucharist when he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. There is nothing more important than our relationship with Christ, especially through the Holy Eucharist. All material things are passing. The only thing that lasts is our relationship with God, our family, and our friends. So put our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ today, Christ in the Holy Eucharist. And we always pray with great confidence, Jesus, I trust in you. 
Our number, if you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149. Now, in this day and age, children are exposed to multiple risks through the use of the Internet and social media. We know this. We've talked about it in the past. One of the best known things that a lot of folks are not familiar with is, is called catfishing. Have you heard of it before? Catfishing consists of appropriating someone's personality on the Internet to get uh, something from another person. Uh, this morning, we're going to talk about some of the risks of catfishing and how to prevent it uh, from happening with our children. Joining us live from Cooper, Florida, is corporate entrepreneur Juan Carlos Sanchez, the founder of Family Playland, with much more on catfishing and our kids. Juan Carlos has a career track record uh, in the international Hispanic media and entertainment industries. Good morning, Juan Carlos. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Good to be with you once again. Good morning, John. How are you? And good morning to all your audience. Doing Excited well, to be here today. Doing well. Count, on, count my blessings. Uh, thank goodness it, it, it is a Friday, and uh, that's when you and I uh, always uh, get together uh, to talk about some of these uh, media issues. And for, for folks who have never heard of catfishing, uh, what exactly is it? Yes, as you mentioned, uh, it's, a, it's psychopathy at the end of the day, what is happening out there. And, and that's what happens when you have millions and millions and millions of people connected to a platform so powerful such as the Internet. Um, and it's this phenomena, and we're going to talk a little about uh, of other phenomena as well, psychological situations that just emerged recently uh, in a virtual world. And it's just impersonation. It's impersonation to, that it's basically trying to get information, get pictures, get photographs, get videos of other people whether uh, with and most and most likely with a sexual intention uh, and and that's happening among adults but it's now permeating down to kids as well so it's it's a big uh, situation I think authorities in the US and around the world have been combating this uh, but it's a reality it's a reality and and that's something that uh, we're very concerned about and and we're trying to understand and, and raise awareness because it's not very well known among the total population. And uh, I understand that there is a couple of different types of, uh, of catfishing that our children could be exposed to. Can you give us a little thumbnail on, on uh, both kinds? Absolutely. So um, there's, there's different types where there is just uh, trying to get the identity of the kids and then try to steal the identity of that person or of that kid to be used for many other purposes. Sometimes it's being used for uh, financial advantages uh, or taking advantage of creating a new persona to, to, to get a loan or creating a new persona to get access to, to a place. So that's one. And, and definitely another type, uh, it's, it's, it's the one that is just trying to uh, get, uh, uh, again, um, uh, information and pictures that will be used then to manipulate a kid. Uh, and that's, we've seen cases like that on the news recently. Uh, people crossing the entire country to go and meet uh, a minor. And, and we've seen this in the past. Again, it's not, nothing that is new. It's just more uh, massively uh, known now and, and, and happening at a much larger scale uh, thanks to the, to the easy access to the internet and specifically media like we're, we're concerned with we just uh, parents will be able to find a lot of references about this 
uh, and, and videos about this to better inform and to be watching out for the signals when something like this is happening to prevent something uh, of happening in their household. And this is something that can happen to uh, to uh, little kids and, and even teenagers uh, who uh, maybe uh, naively <laughs> get into a, a conversation with someone that they don't know, and they are literally catfished. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's why we at Family Playland, we recommend that kids under the, should not have, period, access to social media uh, uh, until they're uh, at least on... on uh, get into adulthood uh, just because there's so many unknowns and so many uh, so much exposure on social media right now uh, starting from TikTok uh, which is you know the government is trying to go after um, it, it, there's a lot of risks you have also big risks when it gets to exposure to drugs consumption so that's something that we've seen also emerging especially in platforms like TikTok and Instagram where it's now being a, being used to sell uh, drugs. So it's not just the exposure to the consumption of, of, of drugs, but it's also a mechanism to go in and sell directly uh, to, the, to our kids without even us knowing. Drugs will be delivered to your households um, if, if, if you're not really paying attention. And this is starting. There's commerce happening on social media, and a big chunk of it is on drugs. It's so uh, concerning, <laughs> as you mentioned, we've seen stories in the news uh, last year uh, in, in November, there was a horrible uh, story of, uh, of somebody uh, who uh, died in a shootout with deputies in, in, in California after police uh, said that, the, that this person drove across the country to meet a teenage girl that he had catfished. And then he ended up killing three of her family members. So, I mean, this is re it could be really dangerous. This is really something that parents should be uh, plugged into and be aware of. Yes, it's happening all the time. Again, as I mentioned, virtualization is enabling psychopathy. And if, if, if this didn't happen over the Internet in such an easy way, so those, that specific situation would have, have not happened because there was no way physically that two people coast to coast were connecting. But now you have these situations. And the only way to prevent that is having awareness at home, uh, being able to be monitoring what's going on, any change of behavior in your kids, any, any person that you cannot identify that is constantly talking to kids, that should not be happening. That's not normal. And we don't talk about these things just because we are not concerned about those things. So um, we, we, we are, we, we've created a small campaign at, at Family Plane and, uh, with a character called Mr. Pixel. And that's basically an awareness campaign or a, or a, a public, uh, public announcement uh, where we're trying to guide parents, especially the Latino community that is even less informed about these things. Some of these things are not even occurring in other in other countries so and, and, and among certain cultures. So we're we've raised that campaign called Mr. Pixel where we're talking about this type of uh, uh, of situations, hypersexualization, everything that is affecting our current culture and that it's 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 causing the, the havoc we have in our hands right now. Do you think that uh, the media is making it even worse? Uh, for example, MTV has had a, a television series uh, called Catfish, the TV show, and it's been running uh, for eight years. I mean, and so kids see this and they, it, it, it glamorizes catfishing. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We, we're also a media outlet, and, and we also feel that we have to do something about that, and that's why we're creating this public service announcement campaign where we're, we're informing parents, right? So kids know about these terms for the last 15 years, and, and, and there are, uh, us as, as parents, we're just figuring out how to deal with these situations when they, with these grenades are exploding in our hands without us even knowing. So culture... Uh, has been shaped. Um, it's, it's a reality and we're just starting to awake uh, in this new reality and we have to do something. That's why we're putting this campaign on a blog. People can go in. It's right now in Spanish. Uh, we're still we're, we're working to try to get everything in English as well uh, for the use of all your audience as well. We're conscious about that. We just had to start somewhere and we're, we're starting in Spanish but uh, we'll, I highly recommend for people to come into our blog at www.familyplayland.com to, to read more about these type of situations for parents and how to be uh, um, prepared. And we can help to connect with uh, specialists in how to treat these type of situations at home. And Juan Carlos, uh, what are uh, some of the signs of uh, catfishing? What, what should parents be looking for? Well, it's such isolation on the kid. And non, number one, I think that's the big, big red flag. Um, two, excessive use of, of social media. I mean, the, you have this black mirror in our kids' pockets right now. So if that's happening, uh, we recommend total, like, not to have access. Again, that's, it's, it's easier to prevent the situation than to try to, you know, try to fix it. Um, also, like, what is that they're posting, you know, like, are they, who is that they're talking to or interacting? What are the chat um, exchanges that they're having? And also the profiles, like, you can easily check the profiles of, of the people that they're in touch and, and see if there's, everything is okay. Check out, don't, don't take it for granted. Just, you have to kind of audit, for a better word, audit what your kids are doing on, on social media. And that's, that's the problem. It's almost impossible for almost impossible for a parent or mom that is working, a dad that is working, to come back home and check all of this. It's, it's very difficult, so it's better, try, better to try to be, stay away from it. What about talking to the kids? Uh, any suggestions on how best to, to discuss this with your children uh, to talk about uh, catfishing? Yes, best practices always show that the best um, solution to a potential problem is communication. And definitely sitting down, sharing some of these cases, you know, this what, what happened in November, depending on the age of the kid, you know, we all think that kids don't understand or don't get it, but they're very aware. And we just have to have a conversation around those topics when they happen to, you know, um, bring that example up and that, that household in California could be any household in America, quite frankly. So um, it's, it's, it, it was a beautiful family and just, this just happened. And so I think it's something that definitely needs to be constantly discussed at home. Uh, a couple of uh, common sense suggestions uh, for parents when it comes to, to their devices and, and social media that could help prevent catfishing. Absolutely. Uh, basically, keep it very low in terms of consumption. Stay away from social media. Only have, don't give a phone to your kid unless he's getting closer to 18. If you really need a phone, get a dumb phone uh, without uh, uh, data, a data package. They need to make a call. They should make a call. But right now you see all of these kids that they're five, six, seven years old and 
no one is talking and you're just connecting and talking to a stranger. So don't open the doors for people out that you don't know to come into your kid's world through a phone. It's like opening the household uh, door. So uh, just keep control of those devices in your household. Well, Juan Carlos, as always, really appreciate you being with us. Uh, important issue uh, for every parent, this issue of catfishing. Thanks again. No problem. Thank you, and we'll be in touch. Many, Have a great day. Many blessings to you. Juan Carlos Sanchez, the founder of Family Playland, familyplayland.com. We need to take a short break. When we come back, Bishop Daniel Muggenberg will look ahead to this Sunday's Gospel with our very own Glenn Leverin. Stay with us. There is more to come after this. Wake up, America. This, this is Morning Air. Your home for faith, fun, and news in the morning. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's just inside And welcome back to Morning Air on another Friday dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I'm John Morales. It's good to be with you. And now it's time to look ahead to this Sunday's Gospel. Always keep in mind that the Word of God in the Gospels, the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ, is powerful. When the Gospel, the Book Eternal, is proclaimed, Christ is passing by. Jesus is speaking to you. So listen carefully, folks, as Bishop Daniel Muggenberg, Bishop of Reno, Nevada, shares his weekly reflection on this Sunday's Gospel with our very own Glenn Leverance. Our Gospel reading for the seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time comes from Matthew 5, verses 38 through 48. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. You have heard it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. Time now to dig in for a deeper look at that gospel reading for the seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time out of Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. Joining us from Reno, Nevada, it's the Bishop of Reno. Always happy to check in with Bishop Daniel Muggenberg. Thanks for joining us today. And good to be here, Glenn. Well, I tell you, today we're going to talk a little bit about revenge or not uh, as we take a look at the gospel, which uh, was countercultural 2,000 years ago and at least is countercultural, if not more, today. Absolutely, it is countercultural. And in this Sunday's Gospel reading, you know, we have the final two antitheses that Jesus is offering as part of his teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. And we need to remember that the Sermon on the Mount is the most um, challenging instruction on what it means to follow him. Just as a few weeks ago, we heard Jesus call his first disciples to follow him, and now he is teaching them how to follow him. 
And that's true for us as well. So these final two antitheses really are kind of bringing us, I think, into the most challenging um, instruction that our Lord offers. Well, we think this is not only difficult, but, you know, contrary to everything that we've learned or at least seen an example of. And then in a society where conflict is seen as entertainment and hitting back is something, you know, everything from what seems to come natural for two siblings fighting to watching professional wrestling to just how we interact with just about anybody that disagrees with us on social media. True, and you can even increase that list to include video games, our our uh, entertainment industry, and films, and everything else. You know, they really celebrate vengeance and violence and retaliation. But this this teaching of Jesus isn't just a teaching about non retaliation. You know, we would have teachings about that even in the Old Testament. Jesus takes it a whole step further, and rather than just being um, content to not retaliate against people who, you know, uh, injure us or whatever. He says, if we're going to be his disciples, we need to actually be proactive in our love and care for them, meaning that we need to consider the needs and the uh, the concerns of our aggressors and and to proactively care for them if we are truly people of love. And that is a very difficult and challenging teaching because of all the contrary cultural values that we experience around us. We can put that in terms of maybe imagining that uh, near a battlefield as we have going on in Ukraine today. We are supposed to help the enemy if they're wounded. And does everybody do that or not? A very concrete example there. But again, in everyday life over here, more like do we get mad back if someone seems to have snubbed us or something like that? Or can we extend peace? And we have a more gentle fight on our hands, but sometimes a fight nonetheless, unless we turn our hearts. It's true. You know, this is a reading that's applicable for every single disciple. So whether or not we find ourselves in direct situations of, you know, life-threatening conflict, the reality is that we do find ourselves in situations every day, in relationships, on a personal level, uh, maybe a family level, or even working relationships within our office, where people can somehow impinge upon our time and um, our schedule and our freedom because of their needs. And we can come to see them as aggressors because of that. And Jesus is wanting us to have a very different attitude and to recognize that everyone around us has concerns and needs, and that as Christians, we need to share those concerns and needs of others uh, and not simply immediately dismiss them or be resistant to them because somehow they're aggressing uh, or, or on our freedom or our schedule that's already been set. Um, but always be open to considering the needs of others. And that's really, I think, the most applicable um, way in which we can read this particular antithesis. What a great way for us, Bishop Muggenberg, to to stand out as uh, Christian witnesses, though, to do that, to love that other in a tough circumstance in a culture where that's not only not expected, but not really encouraged either. It's true. You know, and after being in ministry for nearly 35 years, um, I can say that, that when I first began ministry as a priest, um, I used to think that my primary ministry was in the things that I had scheduled each day. But what I found is that it was the interruptions to my schedule that became my primary ministry. 
And when we allow ourselves to be inconvenienced and interrupted by the needs of others and really care for them, then that is a witness that I think um, Jesus wants us to have as disciples. And like you say, that makes such a strong statement to everyone um, about, you know, how open and free we are in sharing the love of God with them. Considering others better than ourselves, plenty of scripture verses encouraging us to do that. As leaders, whether it be managers at work, leaders in the household, or one particular group, is it really incumbent on us to to encourage that too? And so we're not only trying to follow the numbers when gauging someone who is supposed to do tasks and report to us back, but if they've had occasion to extend some love to someone else in a situation that maybe upended the schedule for the day but had the greater good, we should maybe be a little more open to that. Yes, we should. And people will react to us very differently when they know that we care about them, um, especially you know, when, when they may have recognized their own harshness or their own rashness in their dealings with us. But when they experience our authentic care and response, that, that, that opens the possibility of a very different kind of relationship, um, one that is based on true charity. Also, that idea of unconditional love as well. We uh, hope to get that in our marriages and in our very close friendships, but to be able to kind of extend that concept to a little, a little broader too, not a bad idea. It's true. And that's where Jesus's final antithesis comes into play in a very, very challenging way in this gospel passage, because Jesus tells us that love has no limits. If we're truly going to mirror his love, which is the love of the Father, then our love will be unconditional. We will love not just our neighbors and our friends, but we will even love our enemies. And that means that we will seek their good, their eternal salvation. Um, And so that, I think, takes all of the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount and really brings it to its most challenging um, level of perfection, when we can truly love those um, who present themselves as enemies to us. Our Lord kind of boils it down, uh, saying even the bad guys kind of take care of the other bad guys. But for us to to take care of someone who's maybe being a, a bad guy to us, that will set us apart. It does. And Jesus uses a very powerful and striking image um, to summarize, you know, the rationale for loving our enemies. And he says, you know, be like your heavenly father. He lets the sun shine on the just and the unjust. He lets the rain fall on on the just and the unjust. So if that's how our Heavenly Father acts, with an unconditional love for all humanity, a love that desires the salvation of all humanity, and if we claim to be children of that Heavenly Father, then children will act like their Father, and we will actually reflect the very love of God in the way in which we treat others, not just our friends and neighbors, but also our enemies. And I think that that teaching of Jesus really summarizes the ideal that we should aspire to um, in all of our daily um, encounters and engagements. And finally, Bishop Muggenberg, maybe just a few more thoughts about uh, our, our Heavenly Father taking care of everyone. But our Lord calls us to to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. And we might think, oh, I really got to do nothing but focus on my own self to do that or almost give up and think, I can't do that. Or maybe better yet, realizing we can strive for that, but only with Christ's help. 
True. You know, when we hear that commandment, be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect, sometimes we can be overburdened thinking, oh, great, now one more person expects me to be perfect, and it's God, you know. Um, But there's a big difference between perfectionism, as we understand it in our current society, uh, which is really an, an unrealistic obsession, um, and being perfect in in the sense in which um, what Christ is calling us to. You know, to be perfect in the eyes of the Father is really to be wholehearted in our devotion and our commitment to God. That means seeking to do God's will in all things, seeking to actually embody the love and the presence of God um, in our daily activities. And ultimately, that sense of perfection that Jesus is calling us to is to become the person that the Father wants us to be. That's pure and simply what it is. And God doesn't call us to perfectionism. God simply calls us to a complete, wholehearted response to his presence, his love, and his will in our lives. And so, you know, in our baptism, all of us became members of Christ's body um, and temples of the Holy Spirit. So to be perfect is simply to grow into the fullness of the image and likeness of our baptismal identity, to be Christ in the world today, to be the vehicle of Christ's presence for others. That's the perfection that Jesus is calling us to. Great reflection, Bishop Muggenberg, on Matthew 5, verses 38 through 48 for the uh, final Sunday for this segment of Ordinary Time, the uh, seventh Sunday. If you'd be so kind as to wrap us up with your blessing this week. The Lord be with you. And may the blessing of Almighty God, who calls us to be children of our Heavenly Father, always give us the inspiration and grace to know God's will, embrace God's will, and generously do God's will in each moment. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And thank you, Bishop Muggenberg. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn's Story Corner. Our story today is called The Last Time. From the moment you hold your baby in your arms, you'll never be the same. You might long for the person you were before when you had freedom and time and nothing in particular to worry about. You'll know tiredness like you never knew it before, and days will run into days that are exactly the same, full of feedings and burping, diaper changes and crying, whining and fighting, naps or lack of naps. might seem like a never-ending cycle. But don't forget there's a last time for everything. There'll come a time when you'll feed your baby for the very last time. They'll fall asleep on you after a long day, and it will be the last time you ever hold your sleeping child. One day you'll carry them on your hip and set them down and never pick them up that way again. You'll scrub their hair in the bath one night, and from that day on they'll want to bathe alone. You'll hold your hand across the road, then never reach for it again. They'll creep into your room at midnight for cuddles, and it'll be the last night you ever wake to this. One afternoon you'll sing the wheels on the bus, do all the actions, and never sing them that song again. They'll kiss you goodbye at the school gate. The next day they'll ask you to walk to the gate alone. You'll read a final bedtime story and wipe your last dirty face. They'll run to you with arms raised for the very last time. Thing is, you won't even know it's the last time until there are no more times. And even then, it will take you a while to realize. So while you're living in these times, remember there are only so many of them. And when they're gone, you'll yearn for just one more day of them for one last time. Psalm 137. That's Psalm 127.3. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. What a powerful reminder. 
Children indeed are a gift from the Lord. Thanks so much, Glenn. Coming up next hour here on Morning Air, attorney and public speaker on religious freedom, Mary Helen Fiorito will join us to talk about challenging your kids to embrace a Carlo Acutis Lent and limit time playing video games, screen time, and social media. And Sean Carney, the president and co-founder of 40 Days for Life, will be with us to talk about the Satanic Temple, which is opening up uh, an abortion facility. And as well, we're going to talk about the upcoming 40 Days for Life spring campaign. So stay with us. There's much more to come on this Friday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.